Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. As a reminder, head over to g6allies.com. Create an account there. Look for Jesse Campbell Ministries because our devotions will be migrating to that platform pretty soon. Let's look at Judges chapter 14, beginning in verse 14, just to recover uh, Samson's riddle. Okay, you're about to begin to see the aftermath of this weird exchange. Here's verse 14. So he said to them, Out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. After three days, they were unable to explain the riddle because Samson withheld the interpretive key. He'd killed a lion. Bees had formed there. He scooped honey out of it. That's what actually happened. But he withholds that interpretive key. So the riddle's unsolvable. And they've all bet clothing on this, which is expensive. Verse 15. On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, persuade your husband to explain the riddle to us or we will burn you and your father's family to death. Did you invite us here to rob us? So Samson has cheated them by withholding the interpretive key to the riddle. And they have also attempted to cheat Samson by threatening his wife's life and her father's life and his her extended family's lives to try to protract, you know, try to extract the answer from her, assuming that she knows it. She doesn't, by the way. Here's verse 16. So Samson's wife came to him weeping and said, you hate me and you don't love me. Okay, watch out for this. This is emotional manipulation. This is, um, uh, this is emotional blackmail. You told my people the riddle, but haven't explained it to me. Look, he said, I haven't even explained it to my father or mother. So why should I explain it to you? Now, this is a loaded verse right here. You can see this is not a healthy marriage. So you told my people the riddle. All right, we, we introduced this early on at the beginning, before the beginning of this marriage in our devotions. She, she has an allegiance to her people, Philistia, with whom Israel's at war, by the way. And Samson's loyalties lie primarily, primarily with his parents. He's, he's more loyal to his parents than he is to his wife. So there's a very clear and quite direct application in the modern day, even New Testament context when it comes to marriages. Your marriage is your family. Your loyalty is primarily to your spouse. You have left your father and mother, been united to your wife. The two are now one flesh. And no matter how young you are, regardless of your financial situation and and what proximity you have to your parents, your marriage is your marriage. That that means you too, mom and dad. You got to respect your child's marriage as its own entity. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen marital issues crop up when husbands and wives are more loyal to their families of origin than they are to the families before which they've made uh, a vow uh, before God to be loyal to. So then Samson's <laughs> response is I haven't even explained it to my father or mother, so why should I explain it to you? Like, do you see what's built into this? I, like, I, I'm i going to explain it to my mom and dad before I explain it to you. That presupposes that his loyalty toward his parents is greater than his loyalty to his wife. So there's a, there's a teaching within this teaching, and it's quite direct. And uh, we can't be too hard on Samson for doing something that modern-day Christians do Two, okay, you got to kick your parents out of your bedroom, please. <laughs> Verse 17, 
She wept the whole seven days of the feast. And at last on the seventh day, he explained it to her because she had nagged him so much. Then she explained it to her people. All right. So uh, first of all, there's a bit of a discrepancy among the ancient biblical manuscripts here. When it comes to the number of days of the feast and how long it's been going on, uh, it's difficult to interpret exactly when everything went down. It's because the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Syriatic text, the Masoretic text, uh, they all seem to suggest that the riddle was revealed on the seventh day, uh, except other manuscripts all say it take, took place on the fourth day, which means you've got three days without her weeping, and then she weeps from the fourth to the seventh days. And then if you're looking at the Septuagint, the Masoretic, and the Syriatic texts, it would seem to suggest that it was really just the last day. In either scenario, uh, what matters is from the time that she's threatened and her father's family is threatened, she weeps you know, the remainder of the seven days of the feast. So, there's a bit of a discrepancy among the ancient manuscripts, but it's kind of a trivial detail. What matters is Samson told a riddle. They threatened his wife's life to, uh, to procure the answer, and she's weeping the entire time. But she's not just weeping for fear of her own life and her father's life and her father's family's lives. She's also uh, nagging Samson, and she's doing so. she's doing so duplicitously. Don't. Okay, if you're a husband, don't give in to nagging. Rather, consider why a woman would be driven to become a nag. Okay, when you when you uh, when you work with teenagers, like like I do, I, I minister to the students here at the Redemption Church, and I, I work with teenagers. Uh, as well, and, and like a little side gig that I have on Monday afternoons, you know, where I, I teach music. Um, I, I've seen a lot of young women, and I, there's not a single one of them, who when they describe what they want to do uh, with their future careers, with, you know, their college plans and things like that, there's not one of them in their future plans who's ever said, I want to become a nag. I just, I want to grow up, and then I want to be a harpy who just drains the life out of a man with my harsh, grating words. That's what I want to do. There's not a single one of them, okay? There's not a single young woman out there who says, one day I want to be a nag. Like, there's, you're not going to find one. So there's a spiritual issue at play, okay? First of all, don't give in to nagging. That ought not work with you. But the bigger question is, why is your wife nagging you? We've already seen how there's a huge spiritual issue at play in Samson's marriage, and then he eventually gives into it. He gives into it. But what's what's shocking is, like, not only should he not have given in to this nagging because, you know, on, on marital principle, that's, that's not a way to run your marriage. Um, she was being duplicitous when she did it anyway, because the very next sentence is that she she immediately goes and explains it to her people. Right, so she was pretending to be loyal to Samson, and the basis of her complaint is you explained it, uh, you you told my people the riddle, but you didn't explain it to me. 
Again, Samson's response is like, I haven't even explained it to my mom and dad. So why would I explain it to you? Like clearly builds into that statement is a, is a profession of where his loyalties really lie. But then uh, she immediately takes it to her people, which means that her loyalties are more to her people than they are to Samson. Now, also it could be argued that her loyalty is to her father and her father's family's lives and her own life. She's trying to save her own life. She's trying to save her father's life. She's trying to save her father's family's lives because the stakes of this riddle have now gone way beyond merely the clothing that's been bet. Now, there are lives at stake for this riddle. So on, on one hand, you can't blame her, but it's further affirmation, you know, that she's not standing by her husband. Uh, she's standing by her people. All right, so uh, lives are at stake. She does what she has to do to save lives. So she nags and Samson gives in. So what, what I what I draw from this is, you know, it, it's further evidence that Samson has not given some wise proverb. He's given an unsolvable riddle and he's effectively robbing people. He's playing mind games with people and things go badly. They don't ever go this badly in our context today, but wow, they definitely go badly when you and I, like Samson, play mind games, when we imply things. We give people riddles that they can't solve, and we raise the stakes on them to do it. That's manipulation, right? That's that's not done in love, like we saw in yesterday's devotion. But there are also some really clear marital principles to be drawn here. You know, if Samson were just forthright in the first place, we wouldn't be in this, like, murderously awkward situation that we are at this feast. It's supposed to be a feast. It's supposed to just be, supposed to just be a good time. Uh, it's not the kind of good time Samson should be having, but like, wow, I don't think anybody's happy at this feast now because of Samson's stupid riddle. Moreover, if Samson were truly a husband to his wife and his wife were truly you know, a wife to her husband, then the two of them would not be pitted against one another. Uh, these Philistines would not dare have tried to triangulate Samson's wife against him if their marriage were intact. Because she would have told Samson right away, they've threatened my lives, my uh, my life and my family's lives. By the way, uh, <laughs> you're going to see in the very next passage, like Samson's also blessed with supernatural strength. Okay, that's a good husband to have, right? So you're, you're not actually in danger. And if you had a real marriage, maybe you would have known that. And, and Samson's unwillingness to even bring his wife in on his weird riddle plan, you know, if he'd had a strong marriage at the core of it, someone he could, he could trust, then her loyalties would have been to her husband, uh, and, and she would have been a follower of the one true God, but she's treating her own marriage as if she's a Philistine operative and her loyalties are to her people and her people have threatened her life. So at the core, uh, at the core of this story is, is Samson's marriage. Man, let me just pray for those of you who are married. God, I lift up those who are currently married, those who are called into marriage, those who will be married or married again biblically one day. Lord, I ask for lessons from this passage. May we have husbands who are faithful to their wives, and not just in terms of intimacy. May they be emotionally faithful to their wives, emotionally available to their wives, May they prioritize their brides over themselves, giving themselves up for their wives. Lord, would uh, husbands and wives be more dedicated to one another as the two have become one flesh than they are to their families of origin? And may in-laws not meddle in their children's marriages. 
God, I pray that every marriage is represented currently and every future marriage that is to be from those who hear this story. May we remember this, Lord. May two become one flesh before you. May husbands represent Christ. Brides represent the church, a covenant of eternal loyalty, Lord, toward one another, the way that you are loyal to your church forever. May our earthly marriages be pictures of that. And may they be impervious to such sabotage as we've seen from within and without in Samson's marriage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, God bless you guys. I'll see you tomorrow. Things are about to get even crazier in Samson's story.